Welcome to Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. This is session number 61, an introduction to SDR. All show notes from today's podcast can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 61. Before we get started on the podcast, we remind you that this session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we sell Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone pagers, and we serve the U.S. market. So if you're looking for numeric, alphanumeric paging products, and as well as today's most advanced fire pagers, contact eastcoastpagers.com for your custom quote for either your individual or your department needs. Again, that's eastcoastpagers.com, eastcoastpagers.com. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. And again, this podcast is here to teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. And today we are talking about SDR or software defined radios. This has been a topic that was requested for a while now, especially on our Facebook group. So if you haven't yet joined our Facebook community, please do so by going to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. Now, there's a lot of links that we're going to talk about in today's session. So instead of remembering to jot them all down or uh, you know write them down and go back to them later, everything can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 61, right? Today's the 61st episode of Scanner School. So again, you go to scannerschool.com slash session 61. And we'll have at the very bottom of the page uh, a bunch of links that we talk about in today's podcast. So what exactly is SDR? Well, SDR stands for Software Defined Radios. And this is something that I feel is really keeping the hobby alive. This is basically the new frontier when it comes to scanning. This is where a lot of the excitement is. Even with you know all the talk about encryption and things going away, I think that um, having the, the SDR and, and this technology now is really bringing a lot of life back into the hobby. And it's one of these things I think that everybody needs to get at least try. It, it doesn't really cost much to get started on it. Um, if you've got a Windows computer and $30 in your pocket, that's really all you need to get off the ground and running with SDR. So let's talk about what we need, uh, the software we're going to use, what we can expect if we do get set up with SDR, what we can do if we want to grow our setup. And at the very end, we'll talk about the SDR dongle that I'm using and why I recommend it and also where you can purchase it from again. But again, just to get, you know, we're going to talk about some links here, but everything will be summarized for you at scannerschool.com slash section 61. For about 30 bucks, you can get started with SDR. And the sky is pretty much the limit as to what you can do with one and what they're capable of. And again, there's no pun intended saying the sky is the limit here uh, in dealing with RF and, and everything else like that. But they've come a very long way, these SDR receivers, since they were first hacked into existence. And I can't recall how many years ago it's actually been. I was, I was looking through some records to see how long ago it was I actually bought my very first SDR. But it's been at least at least five years from the dates of this recording that uh, I, I first got involved with SDR. And I, when I say they were hacked into existence, you know, wh what exactly does that mean? Well, the original uh, USB SDR sticks, they were really DVB-T USB tuners or DVB-TV uh, tuners. They were built for the DVB broadcasting format. 
Now, here in the States, right, we don't use DVB, so it's a European standard for everybody that's listening in the United States here. And these sticks all had what's an RTL2830U chip inside of it. A bunch of people discovered that they could access the received data directly off that chip. So that was interesting. And the other thing they realized, too, is that these receivers, they weren't just locked into the TV spectrum. They would go all over the place. Now, I'm not saying they went from DC to daylight, but there was enough of a window in there that this was going to start to get very interesting very quickly. And really, the frequency uh, range would be determined on the manufacturer of the card. So again, even if you buy one out today, that there's differences in manufacturers and, and what you can receive. And there's even add-on boards you can buy that would, uh, as a transverters, that can bring the, the, uh, the USB dongle down or up in frequency as well. But really, what is an SDR and, and what makes it so special and why are these things so dirt cheap? Well, the trick with the SDR is that all of the internal magic that makes a radio work, you know, your your desktop scanner, your handheld scanner, all that stuff that makes it work is missing from the SDR, uh, the SDR dongle. Your computer is doing all of the hard work. All of that magic that makes a radio a radio is handled by the computer software. So all that the SDR dongle really is is basically just an interface between your computer and the RF environment. Now the key here, this is where they found when they were looking at the data off the card that they were able to find when they first started hacking these things, they were pulling the raw IQ data off of the chip. So again, the guys who coded the DVB TV dongles were reading the raw IQ data. So again, if you're listening to some of the past episodes where I talked about the SDS-100 and the SDS-200, and both of these products use IQ data to receive, are you seeing some connections here between SDR dongles and the top of the line, unit in radios, how they both kind of are pulling the same kind of information? This is what makes things really exciting in the SDR environment here. For what they are, they're pretty pretty darn powerful. So if you haven't yet played around with SDR, I strongly recommend picking up one, maybe two sticks. And we're going to go into why you're going to want two sticks later on. But it's you're going to start playing with one, and you're going to really wish you had a second one laying around there. So again, not to help you spend your own money, but I usually buy these things in pairs, to be honest with you. And I got a drawer full of them. So... Let's talk about what I'm using over here and, 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 and how we get started with them. So the first generation of USB SDR sticks were pretty poor at best. Now remember, these were not meant to be radio receivers. They were DVB-T receivers. They weren't made for the radio environment. So they didn't have to be smack dead on the center. You're right. There was some leeway on because of the bandwidth of the TV signal and stuff too. So they were good for what they were. And the earlier dongles were either E4000 chipsets, I believe, or the R820T dongles. Now, the R820T dongles are what you'll see more or less today anyway. But these suffered from frequency drift, and you would correct those in parts per million. And these required an offset in the software in order to receive properly. 
So sometimes this offset was pretty great that you would really notice you were off frequency. Sometimes it'd be just enough where if you try to decode P25 with it, uh, spoiler alert, or any other digital format, you weren't getting a good decode because you were off frequency. So you had to adjust this drift value in the software. Now setting the drift value was pretty easy. All you would do is bring up a frequency and just figure out how far off you were and adjust that in parts per million in the software. And then that would recenter your frequency. And you were pretty good once you've got the frequency drift set up. Each dongle though would need its own correction value. So if you had a pile of dongles, you would have to write on top of the dongle with a piece of paper or know which dongle was which. If you only had one, you made your life is so much easier, but you would have to go into the software and adjust the drift. The drift would change though. If the dongle was cold, it had one you know, offset. As it warmed up, you would notice that the offset would drift a little bit. So we call it a drift here. And um, you'd have to really run for more corrections. So the, the idea was let the dongles warm up, use them for like 15 minutes, then set the drift, and then find out what happens with them. So again, the earlier dongles were played by this. The newer ones, not so much. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Now, the other problem with the older sticks, again, they were for TV sticks. They had they were made out of plastic casing. They were fat. They took up uh, you know a slot and a half in a USB thing, uh, a USB hub, or on, on the side of your computer. So you really had a hard time stacking multiple SDRs on top of each other. Uh, sometimes if you had a hub, you had to leave one USB uh, spot blank. Sometimes you would just take the plastic off of the uh, the SDR dongle and just and just line them up in there. But you would you did what you had to do in order to get these things to fit into your USB hubs or plugged into your computer. The early ones I had also had MCX antenna connections. Those are the push-in style connections that are typically used for uh, uh, GPS connectors and all that stuff. Um, they are not standard in the scanner radio market by any means. So unless you bought a pigtail to adapt from the MCX to either BNC or SMA, you were kind of SOL. All right, you know, too many little abbreviations there, but you get what I'm saying. So they were kind of also a nuisance in that factor as well. But even with all of those going on and all those issues, people were still playing with SDRs and there was manufacturers coming out with different types of solutions to these problems. Uh, one of them being the AirSpy Mini, uh, which I have one as well. Uh, other companies started sprouting out, uh, you know, RTL SDR came with their own. There was TCXO, uh, um, uh, adapt not adapters, but you know, solutions that would keep it from from uh, the drifting as well. But these are problems of yesterday. These aren't problems of today. So don't let what I'm talking about you now set you off on SDR. I'm kind of telling you like this is the introduction. This is the history of it. And you'll see today it's a whole lot easier to do SDR. So if you were turned off to this in the past, take a listen to what I'm going to say next about SDR because I think that if you were, like I said, if you if you didn't like it before, you'll really love it now though. <laughs> and if you've never played with it, you'll like it even better. So SDR sticks right now, they're, they're much smaller. You can stack them up really easily. So the footprint on them has changed. So why would you want to work or use or buy one of these SDR USB sticks? Well, first of all, they're very affordable. You can buy them for about $30 a pop. 
and you can use them from a standalone analog receiver and you can get free software that allows it to operate like today's $700 Uniden scanner. All right, the, the like I said before, the sky's the limit. And with that, you can receive SSTV images from the ISS. You can receive DMR. You can do P25 trunking, NOAA satellite images, ADSB. And again, we talked about ADSB, I believe, in session 24 of the podcast. So there's a lot that you can do. And there's even more than you can do with it. But these are you know the typical things that people normally do with the SDR receivers. What's nice, too, about SDR sticks is that in the software, the typical software that comes with it, and we'll talk about that in a second, too, you get a nice waterfall display. And the waterfall display will show you what is going on, not only on your center frequency, but off to the sides of it. Because the typical USB dongle has about 2.5 megahertz of spectrum that it can receive in bandwidth. And the waterfall will plot all of that out for you. So you can see what's keying up on your center frequency, maybe what's up and down, uh, a little bit on the band as well, and every time you click the this you know recenter your frequency, you can see what's going on there. Um, the other SDRs out there may have five or ten megahertz of bandwidth, depending on which ones you buy, how much money you spend on it. But the typical ones that we use, the thirty dollars ones, have about two and a half uh, megahertz of spectrum that can be displayed at once. It also is pretty cool. Is Sometimes, depending on the software you're using, you can actually listen to all of those frequencies you have open to you in that bandwidth. So if you're, say, listening, as an example, to a trunk radio system and there's multiple voice channels within 2 megahertz or even if you have two sites that are within the 2.5 megahertz, then you can receive, in theory, two sites or two transmissions all with one dongle as well. So you're starting to see now that these things are pretty powerful for what they really, really are. All right, so I've teased you a little bit now on the hardware. Let's get started on some of the software and, and what it is required to set this thing up. So again, we've laid out 30 bucks. We have our USB dongle. What else do we need? Well, you're going to need a computer, obviously, because software is the software and defined radio, right? You need some sort of computer. Now, you can run SDR on a Windows computer. You can run it on a Mac, and you can also run it on Linux, including the Raspberry Pi. And I know a lot of people are falling in love, too, with Raspberry Pis, and we'll talk about that on another future episode of Scanner School. So we're going to talk Windows here because that's the platform that most people are using, and we're just going to stick to that one. And we'll go through like how to do these setups, how to configure the, the, the software and all that on my YouTube channel. So I don't have videos on it yet, but I will be posting videos. So if you haven't yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do so at scannerschool.com slash YouTube. So again, we're going to talk about Windows software. And one of the softwares that I think is the one that really starts it off, gets you going, gets your feet wet, lets you, again, dip your toe in the water and see if you like this or not, is called SDR Sharp or SDR. It's got the pound sign next to it or the hash mark, right? hashtag, whatever, but it's SDR Sharp. It's a Windows program, and it's kind of the gateway drug into using SDR. Now, again, I'll link to this again in the session show notes at scannerschool.com slash session 61. So now you've got your USB dongle. You've got your software. You also need Windows drivers because what happens is the Drivers that come with these, or what Windows wants to put on your computer for these USB dongles is incorrect for what you're going to use them for. 
So I believe that SDR Sharp as part of the installation package has the uh, the drivers, but you can also find them online as well. And again, I will link to them as well in the session notes. I think the software driver package is called Zydag. And basically you just auto execute, you would just execute the software and you just follow the prompts and it reflashes the driver on your computer for the dongle. Once you have the USB dongle plugged in, you have your computer on, SDR Sharp is running, go ahead and hit the gear. Make sure you have that dongle selected and you have your speakers for your computer selected as well as your output speakers. Go ahead and close that up, hit play, and you'll hear static. That means that your SDR receiver is working. This whole process of putting the dongle in and loading the drivers, putting SDR Sharp in your computer should take no more than five minutes. It really is a very simple and easy process. Now, again, I'm going to have a video on how to do this. If I don't have it by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to this sometime in the, in the not-so-distant future, uh, there will be a video on YouTube on how to do it. If you listen to this live as these podcasts come out, the YouTube video is not there yet. It will be there. It's on my list. I am really trying to grow the YouTube channel as fast as I can at this point. So once you fire up SDR Sharp and you have the SDR dongle playing, you'll see the waterfall in front of you. And you can go ahead and, and use the, uh, the frequency selector on top to go up and down and find out your favorite frequency. Maybe you want to listen to a an FM broadcast just to get a feel for how things look with the waterfall. It's a really good way of doing so as well. Play around some of the values, and you'll start to see, okay, you know, you can tune in, you know, different things left and right as you play around with it. And, uh, you know, it, they're pretty cool. That's, that's, that's pretty cool to get started with, but... There's a lot more now we can do with these things. And there's also, too, there's plenty of plugins, too, for SDR Sharp. You can do, uh, you can plug in a, a CTCSS encoder decoder. Um, I'm sorry, CTCSS decoder uh, or display, DCS decoder and display. Um, you can set up a, a list of frequencies or a little scanner in SDR Sharp. So there's a lot of things that you can do internal to SDR Sharp. There's a lot more things you can do external from SDR Sharp. And we're going to talk about those right now as well. So this is where you're going to want to really have that second USB dongle. And, uh, you know, I'm not forcing you to buy one, but this is where the fun really, really gets cranked up to 11. One of my favorite pieces to run is called DSD+. Plus. Now, there's DSD+, Plus and there's DSD+, Plus Fastlane. DSD+, Plus Fastlane is donationware. And I believe at the time of this recording, it's a $25 lifetime uh, donation, and that will give you all of the lifetime upgrades to Fastlane. Uh, the current Fastlane version, it has more features in it than the regular DSD Plus version does. I could do a whole podcast just based around DSD Plus, but then again, this is just an introduction. This is just a primer. What can you do with DSD Plus? DSD Plus is a, a, it's basically a tool that converts digital to something you can listen to. It decodes P25, NXDN, DMR, it does it beautifully, does it extremely beautifully. Now, DSD Plus comes with its own tuner called FMP, and FMP takes the place of SDR Sharp, and it's a lot of command line. Um, and again, you can use SDR Sharp to build these command lines if you don't like typing these things out yourself. You can actually uh, configure uh, SDR Sharp using a plugin to spit out the command line so that you know what values to put into your your DOS prompt. And again, 
uh, we'll explain everything else on a, a YouTube video as well. So here's the basic setup when it comes to using your SDR uh, dongle and DMR. So you would have one dongle set up as your control channel. Let's just we'll just figure this out right now for for DMR, for example. And um, so you have one dongle set up. FMP is controlling that one, and it's the control channel, right? Or it's um, it's uh, was it capacity plus? <laughs> I have to go back through my notes because it could also be the rest channel. And then you have a second dongle doing the exact same thing. And DSD plus will then control or tell FMP on the voice channel or the voice uh, dongle where to go. And of course, you feed that back through DSD plus on the voice channel side. And that will listen to the DMR and decode it and send it through your speakers. And the left channel will be time slot one and the right channel will be time slot two or something very similar to that. So for again, for $60, you now have a DMR decoder. And again, the DMR upgrade from Uniden is $60. So let's start doing the math here and figure out how much this stuff is going to cost us and all the things we can do with, with our dongles as well. Another thing that another piece of software I like running is called Unitrunker. Now, Unitrunker allows you to analyze and see what's going on on trunk radio systems. Now, again, this is something that's better said for YouTube, and we'll get there on YouTube videos. But right now, just to understand what Unitrunker does, it monitors the control channel on a trunk system, and it tells you what is going on in that trunk system uh, from the neighboring or peer sites. It's WACN ID, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the access code. It will not tell you encryption information because it's just not there uh, for it to be spit out. Um, we have, you can see who's joining the network. You can see what uh, channels each radio is on, who they're affiliating with. You can see what groups, what voice channels are active on the system as well. There's a lot of stuff that Unitrunker shows you, but really what you use Unitrunker for is to map out systems, discover what's going on in them, find out any new talk groups, look and see what radios are being used on the system and start mapping things out that way as well. Um, it's, it really is a, a great free tool, again, to download. So now, again, same deal. You would set up Unitrunker to have one USB stick on the control channel. The other USB stick would be your VFO, or VCO, rather. And that would be basically your voice channel uh, dongle. That voice channel dongle would then be ported. If it's an analog channel, go straight out your speakers. If it is a, um, a digital signal, you'd route that into DSD+. And you would route that all out through your speakers so you can listen to either the analog or the digital side of the conversation. So it really is pretty cool. It's going to take you some time to configure you know, Unitrunker, a little bit more involved. And again, that's something for a YouTube session instead of doing through um, uh, through a podcast. So what else can you do with a SDR dongle? Well, we, again, we talked about in session 24, monitoring ADSB transmissions. Uh, I like to use ADSB when I'm monitoring the local air show. I like doing um, just seeing what's going on overhead. You know, you can feed it through, um, you know, to to commercial services. Now again, Flight Aware, uh, Link Radar Box 24, they have their own uh, SDR dongles that you can purchase pretty cheap. And, and again, they're tuned really for. Um, the correct frequency of 1090 megahertz, but any SDR that you get the shelf will also work. So again, the $30 dongle is 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 all you need. Um, again, you could also use it to, like I said before, you can receive signal from the ISS when they do SSTV like they just did this weekend. People are experimenting by picking up the GOES satellite from NOAA. Uh, NOAA. There's a lot of other stuff that you can do with SDR, and 
we can keep talking about this for another 20, 25 minutes or so and, and still be at the very tip of the iceberg with it. I just want to give you enough here just to get started, just to get you um, salivating <laughs> to try and do SDR, something to get you excited, try something new. Again, this is, I think, where everything is starting to go, and the price tag is exactly right. They're cheap. So what SDR dongle am I using? The one that costs 30 bucks. okay? That's what I'm sitting in right now. It's a new Elec SDR dongle, and I do have a link for this one. If you want to help me out and you want to uh, help Scanner School, I have a link on the website, again, for these new Elec SDR dongles. The last I checked, they are about $27, and they came with three antennas. So you don't even need to worry about hooking up with something else. It, it comes with the MagMount antenna. I believe one for VHF, UHF, and an all-around antenna as well. Now, again, things could change between whenever you listen to this and the time I'm recording it as well. So, again, I'm using the new Elec dongle. And if you want to, just go and grab one right now. You can go to scannerschool.com slash new Elect. That's N-O-O, like a cow goes moo, but ends N as in November. Elect. So again, scannerschool.com slash November Oscar Oscar. Echo Lima Echo Charlie. Again, November Oscar Oscar. Echo Lima Echo Charlie. New Elect. Now again, we'll also have this in the session notes at scannerschool.com slash session 61. So why do I recommend the new Elect SDR dongle. First of all, it's got an all-aluminum enclosure. So it's got a very small footprint, and that aluminum enclosure helps to get the heat away from the chip. Yes, the aluminum enclosure will get hot to the touch because it is aluminum. It's not plastic. Uh, but it doesn't drift either. These USB dongles I bought, no drift. I didn't have to do any error correction. It. So that eliminates a whole, that whole part of it as well. They are rock solid. I can put them side by side in my laptop, a little bit of skewed, a little bit. Uh, they don't line up side by side perfectly flush, but they still make decent enough contact where they still work. They have an SMA connector on them. So it's like plug and play with everything else that's already in my shack over here. I have plenty of antennas that are SMA. Uh, SMA connectors and cables are readily available all over the place. It's not something I have to make with an MCX connector and, and, and figure out how I'm going to get it to work. So these new Elects, they work great. They're dirt cheap. And um, by far, I am slowly swapping out my older TA20s or was it RA20T USB dongles that drift and are bulky and big. I am, as time allows, I am swapping all those out, getting rid of all those older ones for the new Elects. I love these new Elect SDR dongles. So again, you can go to scannerschool.com slash session 61 or scannerschool.com slash new elect. Again, November Oscar Oscar, Echo Lima, Echo Charlie. And again, we'll also post videos when, when we have time allows on our YouTube channel. So before we wrap up, I also want to thank our continued Patreon supporters, Brian Southworth, Dan, James Felling, Ken Newberry. Kenneth Fowler, M.T. Bono, Mark Beebe, Raymond Hill, and William Arcan. You can help support Scanner School as a Patreon supporter by visiting our website, scannerschool.com support. You can also help support Scanner School with a one-time donation via PayPal or by using the Amazon links before you make a purchase at Amazon or visiting our affiliate partners by going to scannerschool.com support. 
And don't forget, too, we also have a new online shop where we are selling mugs and T-shirts and mouse pads and stuff like that <laughs> over at scannerschool.com slash shop. So if you want your, uh, I think I've just named my logo Squelchy, that little cartoon character guy. So if you want a Squelchy merchandise, you can get Squelchy on uh, on anything basically you want at scannerschool.com slash shop. And also, Scanner School is copyright 2019 by Monitor Long Island, Inc. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, where we teach everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. As a reminder, the session notes are available at scannerschool.com slash session 61. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks again for listening. 73.